Hello and welcome back to the Lutheran Witness Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Askins, Managing Editor for the Lutheran Witness, and we are here today to walk you through the snippets in the June-July issue of the Lutheran Witness. Before we get into it, however, quick shout out to KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere, kfuo.org, check them out. If you're interested in getting the Lutheran Witness, the paper copy of the Lutheran Witness, visit cph.org witness, where you'll find all sorts of options to subscribe. Uh, check that out over there. If you want to learn more about the Lutheran Witness itself, visit our website, witness.lcms.org. Today we are going to go through the snippets. The snippets are uh, just little offers of news and information that we think are helpful for you, our readers, uh, to keep track of. We do come at these news with a certain theological perspective about how the uh, the world should be approached and how we should interpret the world as we do as Lutherans. And so uh, these are not unbiased. However, we do think there are things that are noteworthy that you should pay attention to. We have two categories, as always, around the LCMS and general news. So let's begin with around the LCMS, focused primarily, primarily on the upcoming convention. So snippets around the LCMS. It's convention season, and the LCMS has a number of important updates. Visit lcms.org slash convention slash national for all convention-related news and information on that page, you'll find the convention workbook, the convention Bible study, FAQs, recent announcements, and much, much more. I can't emphasize—now, this is my my commentary on that snippet—I can't emphasize enough how important this website is, lcms.org slash convention slash national. You'll find all sorts of information about the convention in preparation for the convention, uh, all sorts of great stuff, so make sure you check out that website. The convention workbook includes all the— overtures that people have submitted in order to become resolutions. So you can dig through those uh, submissions from congregations and districts and and various organizations. Uh, check those out and you'll see uh, what we have coming up for discussion at convention. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other information as well. There's actually a convention Bible study, which we're going to get to later on, that I think you should really look at uh, doing in your congregation to help prepare your thoughts uh, to, to understand what we're discussing as a church body and how we're once again focusing on Christ and Him crucified. That's the the theme of the convention uh, is actually we preach Christ crucified, and that's what the uh, Bible study is based on. Let's move on to the next snippet. Electronic voting for the Synod president will take place June 17 to 20. Runoff elections, if necessary, will follow. Results will be announced by July 15. Elections for the first vice president and regional vice presidents will take place at convention. Five men are on the ballot for the presidential election. Find out more about them in this issue of the Lutheran Witness. So in terms of commentary on this, we do have a very, actually the large section of this convention preview is, is built around introducing you to the presidential candidates for the LCMS uh, con, uh, president. Well, there's five candidates. Uh, they not only provided biography information or biographical information, they also provided uh, personal statements. And then we asked them a series of five questions that they answered. You can find these in a bunch of different places, but you'll definitely find it in the pages of the Lutheran Witness, as well as in the pages of our sister publication, Reporter. So visit, uh, visit cph.org witness to subscribe so you can get a copy. All right, continuing on. For those attending convention, the LCMS is developing an app for iPhone and Android. The app will include convention schedule and a floor plan with room locations such as chapel, today's business, registration, and more. It will also include additional event information, including the morning run, luncheons, and evening receptions. Finally, additional information on speakers, preachers, and SAS, along with exhibitor information and the event scavenger hunt. 
will also be available on the app and it will be available via the convention website. So make sure if you're if you're a delegate to convention, I mean even if you're not it might be interested to, interesting to know what's going on, but if you're a delegate to make sure you check out once again uh, lsms.org/convention/national on there somewhere uh, in the lead up to convention that app will be available uh, a link to that app will be available so you can download it and have that information at hand. Continuing on, in the upcoming triennium, the LCMS National Offering will support the translation and production of meaningful Lutheran resources in languages other than English so that all may read, hear, and speak the good news of Christ crucified. Congregations are encouraged to support the National Offering in the run-up to the convention, and following it, gifts to the National Offering will be accepted up to the next convention in 2026. And then continuing on, in preparation for the 68th regular convention of the LCMS, a new Bible study is available that delves into the convention theme, We Preach Christ Crucified, based on 1 Corinthians 8, 1, 18-25. The five-part study leads participants to understand how Scripture defines the gospel, how the apostles proclaimed it in the book of Acts, and how continuing this proclamation is the church's ongoing task. The Bible study can be used either by individuals or congregations, and is available for download for free from lcms.org slash convention slash national. Quick commentary here. I used this briefly when I was doing some pulpit supply for another congregation here recently, and there is a lot of material in this Bible study. So uh, take the opportunity to dig into it yourself, or as a congregation, we started digging into the first um, study, the first uh, portion of the, the first uh, Bible study, and only got halfway through it in 45 minutes to an hour. So there's a lot of content there, a lot to dig into to learn more about God's Word, what the gospel is, what it means to proclaim the gospel. So check that out uh, at the convention website, lcms.org slash convention slash national. All right, those interested in following convention news will find numerous ways to stay up to date. Reporter will post daily articles and updates, reporter.lcms.org. The LCMS Communications Department also maintains a robust LCMS convention re- uh, social media presence, Facebook.com slash LCMS Convention and Twitter.com slash LCMS Convention. The National Convention website also provides resources for updates on resolutions as the convention takes action. LCMS.org slash convention slash national slash resolutions. Finally, plenty of live stream options will be available. Visit the convention website for links and more. So there's a lot there that you can use to keep up to date with what's going on in the convention. Uh, There's no reason people shouldn't be aware of what's going on. A live stream, live tweet, uh, KFUO is doing interviews, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you keep track of that uh, if you're interested in these things. And to some degree, you should be. There's a lot going on here in terms of directing the church's business over the next uh, three or four years. And uh, and this is for you, the members of the LCMS, to know and be informed about. Uh, so to the best of your ability, I highly, highly encourage you to keep track of these things on these uh, various channels. And then finally... From the LCMS snippets portion, for those attending convention, open hearings for the floor committees are set for July 29th, 8.30 to noon. The hearings provide an opportunity for anyone to address the floor committees with questions and comments about any resolution the committee has proposed. Floor committees are able to make changes to proposed resolutions after the open hearings. These changes will be published in the first issue of today's business. So the only comment there is to note that uh, even if you do come later or if you come to these open hearings and make comments, it is able to influence what form the final resolution will take. So uh, do take a note of that. Um, uh, that will be July 29th, 8.30 to noon. All right, let's move on to uh, the general news. And this is news from around the world and the LCMS, or and the, the U.S. 
Singapore recently hanged a man for smuggling one kilo of cannabis into the city. Singapore has some of the most stringent drug laws and continues to maintain them despite pressure from Western countries. Singapore's leaders believe that these laws are necessary to prevent drug trafficking. Travelers to Singapore can attest to these laws as Singapore publishes them on immigration paperwork. A quick note here, I have traveled to Singapore when we were serving as missionaries in Asia, and it is clearly printed on the paperwork that if you bring in any illegal drugs, and I mean, even, I mean, this is honestly, anybody traveling is a little concerned because even if you have medication that is not registered to you, uh, this can be considered illegal drug trafficking in Singapore. Uh, it's not something they they take lightly. Uh, so travelers certainly see this on on the paperwork. It's not a surprise that they don't put up with drug trafficking. And, uh, and in many ways, this makes Singapore, um, in, in some ways, makes Singapore a great place to be. Uh, they don't have a lot of the issues that other places have. However, they also have a different understanding of the, the freedoms that we as Americans often take for granted. So uh, just an interesting sn- uh, snippet from what's going on in another country around the world. In response to a growing threat from North Korea, U.S. President Joe Biden and South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol have formulated an agreement that permits U.S. nuclear-armed submarines to dock in the country. Nuclear submarines have not frequented South Korea's ports since the late 1970s in the midst of the Cold War. Leaders hope the move will deter North Korea from further nuclear development. And then on to some more local stuff here, uh, here in the U.S. Last August, Kansas voters decided to keep the murder of unborn children legal in their state, In April, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly vetoed a bill that prevented biological males from using women's restrooms. In May, however, the state legislatures overrode the veto and it is now set to become state law. The new law does not create a new crime or impose criminal penalties or fines for violation, but it does operate on the basis of biological sex rather than perceived gender. As states are aligning themselves on either side of this issue, it is bound to increase conflict and division among Americans. The point here that I wanted to emphasize is, uh, first off, kind of this dichotomy between what the state voted for in terms of abortion, preserving abortion in Kansas, which was a bit of a surprise to some people. And then also the state legislature, the Republican state legislature, also then protecting women from uh, trans men and women from transgender, from this transgender ideology that allows, for instance, biological males to use the, the female restrooms. And the point here is really that this is operating on the, on the basis of biological sex rather than perceived gender. That's really the, kind of the key here. It doesn't matter how much we might perceive ourselves to be one thing or the other. The fact is uh, God has given us a certain uh, body, and that is the body that we have. And regardless of how we might feel on the inside, it is the fact of who we are and how he made us. And when he restores us in the resurrection, he will give us back this body, not how we perceived it should be, but in fact, indeed, how it is. And if the the reason we feel like we're, uh, if the reason someone feels like they're living in someone the wrong body, uh, will be corrected. If they have that gender dysphoria in the resurrection, that will be corrected, and that won't be an issue. And it's just encouraging, I guess, to see a state here uh, not operating on the basis of perceived gender, but rather on the basis of biological sex. In related news, Montana Governor Greg Gianfort signed a new law banning the use of transgender drugs and treatments on minors suffering from gender dysphoria. While cast by the media as a ban on gender-affirming care, the move is part of a broader goal primarily promoted by conservative politicians to protect minors from the predations of chemical castration and physical mutilation of youth. This law makes Montana one of 11 states to enact such laws. 
we pray more will follow. Once again, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, here on the snippets, we do not attempt to approach this as an unbiased (laughs) news source. Uh, We believe that these are actually problems if we are going to physically mutilate children or physically harm them by giving them hormone blockers that prevent the natural development into the person that God has made them to be. Uh, The reason I actually brought this up in the snippets here is this phrase gender-affirming care is completely bogus. It is a subversion of language because that's not what it means. Gender-affirming care would be treatment of gender dysphoria in such a fashion as to help this child become comfortable in the biological sex in which he or she was born, not blocking the development of their body or mutilating them with surgeries. And so it's delightful to see that Montana is protecting these children, and we pray once again that more states will follow here as they seek to protect children from from uh, doctors and and medical agencies that are abusing them. Okay, Pope Francis now. We're going back to global news a little bit. Pope Francis recently opened the door to the participation of women and laity in the Synod of Bishops. The Roman Catholic's highest deliberative body will now include an additional 70 participants. While this group is a fraction of the 300 bishops who attend, it will include at least 35 women and some youth as voting members. So this is just a bit of a surprising news. Uh, I suppose it's not entirely surprising given kind of the general approach that Pope Francis is taking. Uh, but but a, a change in the way that the, the uh, Roman Catholic Church has been operating in some time. Oregon state legislators are reevaluating the decriminalization of some drugs. Due to the fentanyl crisis sweeping through the nation, a new law is being proposed that will criminalize the possession of only one gram of fentanyl. The original move to decriminalize drugs intended to treat the drug problem as a health crisis and offer treatments instead of jail time. However, in Oregon, less than 1% of drug offenders opted to follow up with treatment options. It seems that on the whole, decriminalization has merely emboldened drug use. So this uh, here, it was, it was interesting. Oregon was testing out a new uh, theory in dealing with drug offenders. Rather than throwing them in prison, they were suggesting, well, why don't we uh, give them options for treatment, right? So for instance, instead of criminalizing them, we'll give you uh, an incentive and this incentive will encourage you to go to a treatment facility and maybe we'll give them a hundred bucks and they'll go to a treatment facility that will help them deal with their, their drug addiction. And, uh, and it, seemed, it seems in their own reporting, less than 1% of drug offenders actually took the incentive and got the, the treatment. Uh, and so they're actually looking to, once again, move back to criminalizing certain drugs just because the, the opioid crisis has just become um, so significant. And then finally, a last fun bit of news from uh, Africa. Scientists have reached a creative solution to African elephants destroying farmlands in stampedes. Bees. Despite their bulk, elephants are terrified of the stinging insects. Farmers hang beehives from fence lines, and when the elephants bump into the fence lines, it disturbs the hives, and the bees chase off the elephants. While the beehive fence is not 100% effective, it protects elephants from hunting and farmlands from being destroyed, as well as providing pollinators for crops. I thought this was fantastic. I personally really struggle with flying stinging insects. I'm not a huge fan of them, so I don't personally like bees but I'm delighted to see that they're being used to, uh, to protect farmlands and then also the unnecessary hunting of elephants uh, in a unique and creative way. So it's just a fun little bit of news there. That wraps up our snippets from the June-July issue of The Lutheran Witness. 
Once again, you heard a lot about convention because that's on a lot of people's minds with that coming up here pretty soon. So we hope you take the opportunity to keep track of what's going on for convention and uh, what the discussions are, uh, and also that you continue to read regularly The Lutheran Witness to help you, as always, learn to interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.